0: Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast, bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers, and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugac. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugac and welcome to Game On, the weekly football chat show from Mail+. So England might not have beaten Scotland, but they are through to the knockout stages of the Euros. And for the first time since 1966, they didn't concede a goal in the group stages. But Scotland are out, Wales are through. Joining us to talk about all that, the former England defender Danny Mills, the Mail's chief sports writer Martin Samuel and deputy chief sports writer Ian Herbert. Hello everybody, hope you're enjoying the Euros, hope you're well. So England through, Wales through, uh, Scotland go out. Danny, what what are your feelings on the group stages? It was quite weirdly surreal in a way for England because it was quite calm. I know there was a bit of hoopla over the Scotland game, but England have won the group and haven't conceded a goal. What are your overall reflections on it?
1: It, Realistically, uh, job done. Uh, Performances haven't been amazing, but seven points, no goals conceded. If you would, you've taken that at the start of the tournament without a shadow of a doubt, you would. And it's about building into a tournament. The problem is with England, it's always feast or famine. You know, it's always it's coming home or the manager should get sacked. You know, there's never, okay, we're into the knockout stages. Let's deal with that. Portugal won the tournament without winning a game in 90 minutes, never won a group game. You know, Spain lost their opening game of the World Cup when, when they won it. It's not about the group stages. Get out of the group with as, as few injuries as possible, in decent shape, and then and that's then where it starts. It's no different from the Champions League. You know, we get some really dire games in the Champions League at times and some strange results because it's about getting out of the group and, and that's all you've got to do.
0: Martin's halfway stage at the open golf, isn't it? At Royal St George's England are cleaning their clubs in the clubhouse, going, Okay, that's fine, we're still in it. We're not out of it. Now now we go. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, I thought the reaction to last night's match was quite strange, really, because they played well in the first half, not so well in the second. But actually, the only people who really cared where England finished in the group obviously, the team want to win, Gareth wants to win. The only people it really, really mattered to is anyone who'd seen a Russian visa form and knew what we were going to have to do. To get to Copenhagen and St. Petersburg, which is pretty much it was shaping up to be impossible. So I can assure you the entire press box were far more, you know, that we got to win, got to win, got to win. If any neutral was looking at that group, there's no great intrinsic advantage in 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 winning the group. Um, apart from you stay at Wembley for one more game, it, you know you you might have a weaker opponent in the in the last 16. You might get a stronger opponent in the quarterfinals. It was one of those classic Champions League groups. You know, Arsene Wenger used to say it doesn't matter whether you come first or second. Now, having been knocked out in the last 16 for about the last five years that he that he played, he probably should have tried to come first a little bit more. I thought they didn't do badly last night. I mean, I think that to be one of only three teams left in the tournament that haven't conceded a goal,
1: and one of them has still got their third game to play, Sweden. I was listening to Mourinho yesterday, and and I still think Mourinho, whatever people think of him, is one of the best tactical coaches around. And he said, you know, okay, Scotland played better than they will ever play. It was the best game that they'd ever played. They didn't win the game. And towards the latter stages of that, you know, Gareth decided, you know what, I'll take off Harry Kane, I'll put Rashford on, I'll take off other players and I'll make sure we don't get beat. Because, you know, you get to say, we go, hang on, four points after two games, that's the right thing to do. Similarly last night, you know, you go out, you're winning the game, you've qualified, so job done, and then you can start to make changes. You can bring players on, give them a few minutes, freshen up the squad, managing that squad. Uh, And I think, again, you know, that's been done very very well but but again it's all about oh we didn't play well we didn't score four goals we didn't do this we didn't play great attacking football all the time it's not about that you you don't go through a tournament and you don't win a tournament playing great in every single game you cannot play great for seven games in a row Gareth Southgate rested Phil Foden
2: because he is on a booking if that was an absolute must-win match you'd have taken a chance on a player that was under the booking. But Gareth Southgate has rested Phil Foden simply because he knows we've got a far bigger game than this coming up. A far bigger Guaranteed, we have a far bigger game than this coming up. So he rested Phil Foden. and brought Jordan Henderson on for 45 minutes at half-time. Would he have done that necessarily if we had to win the game if it, it was if the three points were so important, would you go right? I'm going to use this to give jordan henderson forty five minutes and get forty five minutes under his belt again, probably not. so there's this there's this sort of weird push and pull between what people have demanded of England and the reality of the situation. In the end, people said, oh, we, you know, we've got, you know, we, we demand a win. We've got a win. It wasn't the greatest win, but we've got a win.
0: Ian, um, Danny's right, isn't it? If you look back over the last 20 years, Greece, God, they were hard to watch. They won it. Italy in 206 weren't exactly fluent and flowing. They And Portugal, obviously, in 2016. For all, the Spain in 8, 10 and 12 were brilliant to watch. There are other teams who are... Pragmatic and dig in there and, and dog it out a little bit because, as Danny says, it's seven games in 28 days. So I think you just have to say well done, England, and now you've got to beat the big boys. Whether it doesn't matter, as Danny says, whether it's round of 16, quarterfinal, semi-final, or whatever.
3: Yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting sort of strand of conversation you were having with with Gary Neville late late on last night on on the ITV um, broadcast. Um, although I, d- I, d- I do think, though, Mark that. Um, England are better than that. England are better than a Greece or a Portugal or a. They have got a, an incredible galaxy of talent, and and I do sometimes wonder whether you know, uh, be host city status can can sometimes be, you know, a weight around your shoulders. Really, and obviously, you know, in 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 Russia, I remember Lineker talking before the start of the Russia World Cup, saying, you know, this isn't one for us. You know, let's give it to give the kids a go and, and look next time, but. The pressure is massively back on, isn't it? The expectations back on, and and I, and I do sort of think, in a way, that um, I have been slightly disappointed that we haven't seen all that kind of the incredible interplay of talent that we could. You know, the 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 attacking element hasn't been there. I I've been a bit disappointed by that, to be honest. I've I've been covering Wales. I've been around the houses covering them, but and they've had some rearguard actions to fight. But maybe if we if we do play France or Germany, it will raise the level because, quite simply, mm. you can't. You know, hold out for a one 0 against them, right? Because they are going to score against us. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: the, the, you get this element of I can remember in 2006 when England weren't uh, the, the greatest in Germany, and people would come into the media tent and say, "Oh, no one will, you know, no one will mind if we win the World Cup playing playing badly." And you used to think to yourself, "No, you can't win the World Cup playing badly. You can you can have stretches that are underwhelming, but sooner or later you've got to turn up." You've got to actually turn up. And England have got to start turning up now in knockout stages. You can get through a group. You can ease yourself into a tournament. We always admire Germany when they do it. I don't know what, you know, when we do it, everyone goes nuts. It was the same, actually, in another World Cup. Uh, the Rugby World Cup in 2003, everyone was going mad about how England were playing or or whatever. You know, you're thinking, well, when Germany do this, when they ease their way into a tournament and save their best performances for the bigger games later on, everyone thinks they're they're geniuses. And that's, in many ways, what England did um, in Australia in 2003. And they have got to... I, I cannot believe that Gareth Southgate and the players will not know that the next game there has got to be an increase in, in standards because I don't think you can fluke your way. I'm not saying we fluke fluked our way to here, but I don't think you can fluke your way past Germany or, or, or France, even Portugal.
1: You know, oh, you're right, you've you, you you got to through, turn up. You can get through one game doing that. You can, you know, hmm. you can be lucky in one game. You're not going to be lucky in the next four games. No, to, you've to got go to through. turn up. You, you've got to have something special. To do that,
0: Martin, we should have a word about Scotland. They played really well a at word Wembley. I've
1: Scotland,
2: but I don't think we're allowed to use it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they played really well at Wembley. They're I going home, Martin. School. That's
1: the thing. They're going that's,
0: home, and that that's put them under pressure. And <sighs> they've lo- They've lost. They've they've had the advantage of playing two games at Hamden, and they lost them both. I mean, there's nowhere look, to go if that's look, what you're going to do.
2: This this tournament got expanded. To to 24 teams for money. Scotland, the Scottish FA were one of the big drivers of, of of expanding the tournament to 24 teams, and the reason was they couldn't qualify. They couldn't get into a 16 team Euros. They weren't good enough. There are teams at this tournament that would never have got anywhere near previous European Championships before 2016. Scotland are one of them. And so to get that squad and um, to play as they did at Wembley on on Friday, because they didn't really play England as underdogs. They took, you know, they, they had good chances. They took the games to them. That that was great. And, and But the hope I would have imagined for people following Scotland was that you build on that and then you do something more in a tournament. But actually, in the end, it's just become another tournament where it's all about, oh, we went to Wembley and got a 0-0 draw. Okay, you know, fair, fair enough. But but as you say, the two games at the two games at home must have been a crushing disappointment for them because everyone when England beat Croatia, everyone was telling you know the, the narrative was Croatia are old and past it, and uh, we've only beaten them one nil, and then they go go to Scotland and they win very convincingly. And Luka Modric turns out can play football. Who would have thought it? And um, you know, and, and so look. They've got the result of a team that came through the playoffs into the tournament.
3: The tragedy for Scotland, it was, I, I followed Wales in a couple of tournaments and um, I mean, they. I, I was with them in, in Baku and you know, there's another small nation. Obviously, obviously they've got bail and Randy. They're good enough to be there, if yeah, you know well, what I mean. It's the, the, yeah. the luck of the draw. So, you know, uh, they were really lucky against Switzerland. Yes. deserved yes. to win that game. No. You might remember in 2016, they were, they were very lucky against Slovakia, Ben Davis. To be blocked off the line, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and also in the, for Wales in those two tournaments, you know they've not been at home, and I think that's been a, an advantage in some ways. You know, the Red Walls traveled There's been a little bit less pressure, and I don't know. I mean, in that Czech Republic game for the, for the Scots, I mean there was some, you know, there were some great moments. moments for them. They had some chances. They'd looked like they looked, but and then shit, shit scored that goal. So it's I suppose I suppose there's an element of luck. You know, to be more. In their defence, there's an element of luck about it as well. You know, the luck of a tournament. I don't know. You know, it could have but Ian,
0: you, a Ian, you've been watching Wales. They've got some gold dust. They've got Bale and Ramsey. Scotland do not have yeah. an equivalent to Bale and Ramsey. So when you've yeah. got two, when you've got two players like that, everybody else can fall into line and do their best, thinking we've got somebody on a different level to the other nine of us. To be blunt on the pitch, you can do something. Scotland don't have that situation.
3: Yeah, there's something quite interesting and, and weird about Wales, though, which is they've got these, you know, these bunch of players who can't get into their club sides. You know, yeah. so. Like Danny Ward, the keeper, his last uh, league's his last league start was the twenty seven Championship playoff final, and Joe Morel can't get in the, 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 the league. Te- the whole the whole in is, is almost like a group
1: of misfits, isn't it? Yeah, if you, yeah. If
3: you, yeah. Through,
1: if you go through every single player, but no, none of them are really playing. At exactly. Time.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. like
1: you know, it's and all of a sudden you've thrown them together, and and maybe it's that sort of not the underdog. But they all come together and go, right, we've got a real point to prove in this. You know, when you think, I think
3: that's but, totally right, Danny. Yeah.
1: Bale hasn't played, Ramsey hasn't played, the keeper hasn't played, you know, Joe Roden can't get in. You know, he's yeah. had to go out on all these players that have to go out on loan because they're not good enough to play at their clubs suddenly yeah. get together at Wales
3: yeah. and
1: bring a performance together. Daniel James has hardly played, you know, at Manchester United. Yeah. But you're right, the, the difference between Wales and Scotland is they have that little bit of stardust, they have Ramsey, they have James, they have Bale, that on their day can score goals. Scotland don't really have that threat. Hence, they've they've only scored one goal.
2: Yeah, And Wales would, have got, Wales would have got to either of the previous, uh, this European Championship and the previous one, they would have got there in a 16-team format. They did enough in their qualifiers to, to, to be yeah. ranked amongst the 16 best teams in, in Europe, as, as Ian says. I mean, how they do it with, you know, given the, the experience that some of their players are getting is, 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 is remarkable. And I think Bale might be a, a huge influence in that. I think it, it really does make a difference to have your best player as such a sort of galvanising force within the team, and to be so into it as he is. I, I think that's that, that's that's huge for them.
0: Yeah, and a fellow. sorry for the Welsh because they're playing Denmark, and for obvious reasons, unless you're Welsh or British, maybe everyone wants Denmark to win. It's actually a bit hard on the Welsh. Yeah, isn't I mean, it's,
3: it? this has been the nature of the tournament really because they played yeah. they played Turkey and Baku, basically. Um, you know, Baku is like sort of Turkey on sea, effectively. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they play, they play Italy in Rome. Um, and now, yeah, the Danes, the, there'll be 16,000 in that stadium, in, in the Johan Cruyff Stadium on Saturday. There's at least 4,000 Danes, you know, coming south. But yeah, all the Dutch, it's, it's uh, Christian Eriksen's former club, of course, Ajax. So mm-hmm. all the Dutch will be there as well. So uh, I mean, I've written the piece, Welcome to Hell, when uh, they played the Turks in Baku. So I'm just wondering whether I could get away with writing sort of Welcome to Hell, the sequel, if the editors will let me get away. Welcome to heck.
2: Why not have Uh, it as Welcome to Heck? Just just slightly, slightly less than hell, you know. Thank you. You
3: You've opened up the chance for me to write a piece there. (laughs) Always need to seek um, his advice when I'm writing. Well, I doubt <laughs> that very
2: much. Welcome to heck, yeah.
3: The, uh, it'll,
2: be, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, they'll they'll still find three Welsh internationals for every single television panel. We'll still have Robbie Savage screaming down your ear every two minutes. So it won't feel like yeah. that at home. It'll feel like they're playing in card.
0: I think what's really exciting now, as we're saying, you're into the knockout stage, is Martin... We've loved watching Belgium. Lukaku looks an absolute beast. And I've watched a lot of Italy and even the Italian second team, which they were against Wales, played with the same tempo, the same shape, the same purpose. Mm-hmm. They still look just cool on the touchline. And you're thinking, wow, this Italian team, this, this some really fascinating teams and obviously France, Germany and Portugal that we're going to see now at the sharp end.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the the tournament starts now, doesn't it? The tournament starts now with jeopardy in the same way that the Champions League starts uh, as soon as you get 32 into 16. And then you can't make a mistake. And I know I keep banging on about the old European Championships, I've got to let it go. But that was the great thing with the old European Championships, that that you couldn't make a mistake, even in the group stage, You, you had to hit the ground running. And if you lost your first game, you better win your second, otherwise uh, that was it, and you, and you were going home. So um, we've now it will now have that feeling. It will now have that there isn't a safety net anymore. The safety net is now gone. You, you've got to start playing, and so this is where the best teams turn up. This is where the best players turn up.
0: Let's finish, Danny, with you. We played in a, in a World Cup um, sharp end of the business quarter final from the players' point of view. This sense of jeopardy now. How does that affect your mindset? Now there is no safety net. Now it's literally on the line.
1: This is where it's different. Um, And this is where the experience of playing Champions League football or being in tournaments, this is where it really counts. Because, you know, when you're playing group football or league football, if you draw, if you get beat, it's okay Because you go, oh, you know what? We played well. We've lost one game. There's another game next week. You know, we go again. You lose one game, you're out, that's it. You're on the plane home um, and it's devastating. And it's that, you know, you go from, and I look back to oh2 you go and thinking that, you know, we might make a semi-final of a World Cup to 14 hours later arriving back in Heathrow and no one cares. Um, you know, football's finished. You know, the, the, the tournament, the tournament's over. That's it, you know. And, and that's how quickly it happens. So you're right that the jeopardy now is totally different and, and this is where you will see more defensive. If you go one up and there's, you know, half an hour to go, teams are not going to keep playing attacking football. They're not going to keep playing the high press. However much the manager is screaming at you from the sidelines, push up, squeeze up. The default is protect the goal at all costs, because it's much easier to stop a goal going in than it is to score another one. So you can't help it. So it, it's all about mentality now. And I think, you know, and this is where, as I said, that experience of being in big competitions, whether that be Champions League, Europa League to an extent, or Euro Championships or World Cups, and playing knockout football time and time again, that's what counts. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back
0: next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. That's it from me, Mark Pugac. See you next week for more Game On.